Hey, it's Casey Potts, and you've landed in Casey's Corner, a podcast to help us millennial moms overcome the overwhelm of everyday life with confidence, humor, and style. I want you to look at this show as your go-to resource, your virtual bestie, or your secret weapon to sanity. I might not have all the answers, but I'm searching for them just like you. Why don't we find them together? So get comfy and get curious. This is Casey's Corner. Welcome to Casey's Corner. I'm your host, Casey Potts. This was the most requested show topic when I had asked my audience on Instagram. I'm not kidding. So when you all asked for a show on imposter syndrome, I hit the web and started looking for someone who could talk about it for all of us. Because as I've said before, I am in no means an expert on anything, but I will happily help us all find the answers that we're looking for. Oh, wait. Did I just exhibit imposter syndrome in the intro to my show about imposter syndrome? My guest today is author, coach, and imposter syndrome expert, Jillian Perrick. Join us as we dive into the meaning of what imposter syndrome actually is and how we see it show up in our everyday lives, especially as moms. If comparison is a thief of joy, imposter syndrome is the thief of success. Check it out. Jill, thanks so much for hanging out with me. Hi. Thank you for having me. This is honestly one of the most requested topics when I ask my audience over on Instagram what they want to hear about. So many of them have said imposter syndrome. It's crazy and it's a a relatively new topic. Before we get into that though, why don't you go ahead and tell us who you are and what you do? Yes. Hello, everybody. I am your coach, Jill. I'm an imposter syndrome expert and coach, and I help online business owners overcome imposter syndrome so they can sign four-figure clients and confidently grow their online businesses. I am also an author, and I released my first self-published book, You're Not Special, earlier this year. It's on Amazon, and it's all about helping women overcome imposter syndrome and step into their worthiness. And like I said, you can get that on Amazon. Very cool. We will obviously link everything below, but can you just take a second and define what imposter syndrome actually is? Because I think that there's a lot of different meanings for a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So imposter syndrome is that persistent internalized fear of being revealed as a fraud. And it's consistent with thoughts of being found out, being seen as like incompetent and an overall feeling of like you're just winging it and not knowing what you're doing so imposter syndrome and also specifically for women who have kids can look like a feeling of no matter what they do it's not good enough it's not good enough so feeling like their parenting or the things that they're doing aren't really what they're supposed to be doing or that they're inadequate in how they're doing it That totally makes sense. And it's so funny when you mentioned that the first thing that came to mind is growing up with that fake it till you'll make it kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that so many of us kind of had that, you know what, we're just going to try as hard as we can fake it till you make it, make it happen. And then we kind of hit this point where it's like, well, wait, we made it, but did we fake it? (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. And I also feel like, especially when it comes to parenting, there's no rule book or guidebook. So I think it's really easy if you don't learn to trust yourself and if you don't learn that there really is no right way to do anything, especially raising kids, you can really internalize that feeling of I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing a good enough job at how I'm doing it. 
That's true. And I talk about this very often, especially being a millennial mom and living 3,000 miles away from my family. We're the only ones out here in California. My parents are in Massachusetts. My husband's parents are in Florida. There is this very difficult, like to your point, there is no rule book, but there's this kind of, am I doing it right? Am I doing it the way that I should be. And again, yeah, you're right. There's no rule book. There's plenty of books out there, but I think people have to also remember. That's true. (laughs) It's just information. It's just an opinion. It's one person's way of thinking, you know, and I know this is something you talk about too, but I call it the comparative narrative where Mm. there is so much comparison that especially women in my generation have because we are so exposed to social media and seeing everyone's way of parenting and everyone like, you're so uh, right right like everyone's brain is actually not meant to know what you ate what every person ate for lunch they're not meant to know what this person is buying at target and though that's the kind of information and the content that we're all consuming so I really love what you said you said something on your website too about perfectionism and this all or nothing thinking. And I think that when it comes to parenting, we have that, again, that comparison of, oh, well, this person's doing something this way, or this person's doing it another way. Another spot I see it a lot is in health and wellness. So tell me a little bit about that all or nothing kind of thinking and how that shows up in people's lives. Yeah, like somewhere where I think we can look at it too when it comes to parenting is also believing again that there is a right way to do things and I think perfectionism shows up as well with like eternal intuition and women believing that they're supposed to be perfect off the bat like there's this societal expectation of women to just know what to do and like knowing how to take care of kids, which leads to perfectionism. And to the woman who does not feel good enough, there is little room for error or mistakes or even learning, right? So like this leads to a woman believing that she does not have the time and space to grow and learn being a fucking mother, you know, like it should be innate. It should come easy. And I think that kind of creates feelings of I'm an imposter, I'm a fraud, because it's like, what if it doesn't come natural? What if it doesn't come easy, right? And I think in like a heterosexual relationship with kids, with the dad, like, it's almost like it's expected that he doesn't know what he's doing. And he had, he kind of has more grace and understanding and it's a societal view to give the dad more compassion because it's like, oh, he's figuring it out. But whereas when it comes to the woman, it's like, oh, she's supposed to know. It's supposed to be this like maternal instinct. And I found when I was researching and looking into this, because I don't have any kids, but I can imagine that when that happens, like it's this feeling again, this persistent feeling of like, I should know what I'm doing. And because I don't, I have to pretend that I do or I'm not good enough. Totally. Yes. And when you were talking about that, the other thing I was thinking about was how 
men, there's this double standard, right? About how men help out the dads help out when it comes to parenting. Mm, I hate that. I hate that. It's like, no, no, <laughs> both 50, 50, both of us made this right. kid. And, you know, unfortunately, I, and I totally understand that. I totally have that in my life because my husband is the one who works out of the home and I'm the one who's here doing the majority of the things with our daughter. And it's very difficult when, you know, I have to think about that. Like, am I inconveniencing him when I need a little extra help? Is it hard for me to ask for help? And I think it's something very difficult for women to do in general is to ask for any sort of help. Yes. And that is actually something else that comes with feeling like an imposter is that feeling of I have to be the super woman like I have to do it all on my own because it means something about me if I can't do it all on my own and also I feel like when it also comes to having kids there's a lot of fear of like judgment and criticism and if you're already very sensitive to people criticizing you or having an opinion and like there is nobody that has an opinion than people having their opinions about how other people are parenting their kids like especially on social oh, media totally. it, it is crazy how many people think that their <laughs> opinion matters when it comes yes. to other kids yes the amount of unsolicited parenting advice that a mom receives is astounding and i tell friends who are you know, when they just find out that they're pregnant or that they're about to have their child, I'm like, remember, you will get all the parenting advice. I will likely try to give you some too. Take it with a grain of salt. Just, you can also welcome it. You can tell someone too, be like, I totally appreciate that advice or that thought, or that's very great. That's the way you did it. And then carry on, just accept it and go kind of like a compliment, right? Like, accept it totally thank you very much carry on (laughs) so i there's just this very difficult balance i feel like between delegating because also women are very controlling like we're very much control freaks at least i am in most things where we know how we want things done we know how we want how it would make our lives easier but it's also hard for us to tell people exactly what to do Right? Like it's hard to delegate that out. Now, one thing I'm curious about, because I feel like the term imposter syndrome, which you're the expert, you would know, I feel like it's actually a relatively new term, or at least something that people are much more comfortable with, or they're explaining it more, they're um, Mm -hmm. exploring it more. So how is imposter syndrome born in an individual? Like what influences it? Hmm, that's so good. I think that the reason why it seems relatively new is because it was a feeling that people internalized for so long. It was this feeling and, and these thoughts of I'm not good enough. I'm not capable enough. I have no idea what I'm doing. And we all just kind of decided that like, okay, I'm the only person who has these thoughts, I should hide them. Like, I deal a lot with shame when it comes to the clients who I work with because they feel like they are the only people that experience this. And that's why I call my 
fuck, you're not special because you think that you are the only person who has these thoughts and these feelings of I'm not capable, I don't know what I'm doing, etc. But it's actually such a universally felt phenomenon of like not feeling enough. So I think that we were just able to like put a definition to it and actually realize, oh, this is just like a kind of thinking, a dysfunctional way of thinking in terms of I'm not good enough, I'm not capable enough. And I think it really is like born out of and created through experiences in childhood and experiences where you may have had experiences that you learned that you weren't good enough or you had to overachieve for acknowledgement and validation. And sometimes it's just something that comes up often and you don't really know exactly where it comes from but i definitely think that almost everyone experiences it and it just depends on how severe you experience it because there are some people who experience it and they're like okay that's okay i'm feeling these feelings but i'm still gonna do all the things but then there's some people who it really holds them back right Oh man, I I can just picture, you know, your comment about kids growing up and whether they were overachieving and the ones that, you know, were winning all the spelling bees and all the academic awards and how much pressure was put on kids. And I feel like it's even now, I'm just thinking back to, again, my childhood and it's like, you got all the participation trophies and there was this and that. And so much of the way we are raised, obviously, as we all know, and we are a very aware generation and getting all the therapy that we need uh, <laughs> as we're figuring that out. Which I love. Right? Yeah, we all love. We're all about the therapy for sure. I'm just curious as to how, as parents, we can kind of help mitigate that overachieving pressure and that basically like how can we mitigate the imposter syndrome of the future (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good question and I think when I think about it it's more so like complimenting kids on like traits like character traits and really speaking to who they are as people I also think that identity is so important and when we feel like we're not lovable unless we do something that that can kind of create those feelings of I'm not good enough and I need to achieve. So again, I don't have any kids, but I can hope that eventually down the road, I would speak to more their character traits and who they are as people and really nurture that instead of speaking to like their accomplishments and the things that they do. Mm, That's very true. There's one thing that you kind of talked about a little bit earlier on about this whole notion of feeling like you're going to get found out. And I think that there's something interesting, especially with the access to social media, that there everyone is somehow now an expert on something, right? Everyone has to find their niche. Everyone has to get down to it. How can people feel a little bit, because don't get me wrong, there are people like yourself who are very much validated in their field and are experts in their field. So how do you think it's possible for someone to maybe stake their claim a little bit more and kind of project that credibility without feeling like just another another coach, another expert, another influencer? Yeah, 
I think that comes down to believing that you have something unique and that you have something that only you can really bring to the table. Because I think this feeling of being found out is really because you're harboring shame or negative thoughts about who you are on an authentic level. So if you think, oh my God, somebody is going to like figure me out. I would have you explore like, what exactly are you afraid that they're going to find out about you? Right? Like, I think when it comes to having kids, it's like, are you afraid that somebody is going to see that your house is unorganized? Right? <laughs> right and what right. does that mean about you? Right? right? And, and I think it's the same when it comes to having an online business is like, what are you afraid that somebody is going to see? And how does that discredit everything that you know, right? Because again, if you're harboring shame about how you do things and how you are, then you're going to really amplify that feeling of being found out. So the work that I do is really around like accepting your authentic self, like really accepting who you are and not making anything about you mean anything right because when you are in full acceptance of who you are you show up more authentically and you say like here i am and you're more accepting of yourself which means that you allow people to see who you are and you don't worry about being found out because there isn't anything to harbor shame about if that yeah, makes sense no that's so true i think that there is especially in the circles that I've talked to and the women that I've been talking to, there is this very clouded perception of themselves and not really sure who they are. And especially it is hard for moms to kind of find their identity. And that's why I always say like, I give full permission to show up as someone other than just mom, because it I is, love that. It's yeah, so good. It's so important because I hate when, especially me, like I was in the career world and then I've also now in the stay at home mom world and also in the at home business world. So I think that for me, it was very hard to figure out that, label or that title of what who I am what I do and women are so quick to just say oh I'm just a mom or use their the word mom as their title when there's so much more that we are and that we offer and that you know I did another episode recently where we're talking about like the mom uniform right like <laughs> how there's how like you can't have piercings or tattoos or you have to not screw wear that. Top tops, right? Yeah, screw that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I am I am all for it. I want to know a little bit more about your book. What kind of prompted you to write You're Not Special? And what is the information that readers will gain from it? Yeah. So the reason why I wrote it was because I've always had this feeling of like being a special snowflake. I'm like, things aren't going to work out for me. Like I am just this unique unicorn that like things don't work out. The universe doesn't care if I'm happy. All of these things, right? Like I genuinely used to think like, I'm not special. There's something, or, or, or I am special. And like, there's something wrong with me that I can't have the things that I want or do the things that I can do. Right. So when I was thinking about, okay, how does this apply to like imposter syndrome? And it really is that feeling of not being enough, no matter what I do or who I am, like at the core, I just didn't feel enough. 
And it's really about undoing all of those stories. And it's about like unlearning the imposter syndrome thinking and really stepping into your worthiness for you to realize that like you're not special the universe didn't leave you out like you are capable of so much more than you even realize and like you can be a bunch of different parts you don't have to be just a mom you don't have to be just a coach or whatever it is like you can be whatever you choose to be and if you decide that you're not special that is the reality that you will create for yourself so it's really about again overcoming those imposter syndrome stories and those feelings of not being good enough and stepping into your innate worthiness because we are all worthy and it's just we count ourselves out we reject ourselves before the world can reject us and I really had to learn that over 30 years and then I was like no you know what the universe didn't leave me out and then I have this successful business I was able to leave my full-time job I wrote a book like and I had just been convinced that like things weren't supposed to be good for me and that's heavy that's really heavy so it was really around like again undoing those stories and realizing like I am worthy I can have all the things in the world Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of digging and a lot of therapy, I think, to be done because there is this very strange feeling of, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. And we, we definitely need to do whatever work it is to get to the bottom of it. But I want to know from you and something that our listeners can just walk away from today's podcast with three things that they could do right now to combat imposter syndrome in their lives. Yeah, totally. So The first thing I would say is like learning curve consciousness, which is essentially like being aware of your self-doubt and replacing the inner critic in your head with with that inner child kind of person, like being aware that you're having these thoughts and knowing that these thoughts are just thoughts, that there's not the truth. And that there is a learning curve to everything, including having kids. Like nobody taught you how to raise humans, right? Like it's a big job. And um, realizing that those expectations you have of yourself don't have to be there. The second thing I would say is that you should celebrate the things that are going right and the things that you are doing right instead of always like focusing on what needs to be improved and what you're doing wrong, right? Because I mean, especially in the era of like personal development and stuff like that, it's like we could always be working on ourselves, right? But I think it's really big to start conditioning yourself to noticing the good and being grateful for the things that you are doing And as long as your kids are happy, like you're doing a great job, you know? Yeah, totally. (laughs) And then the third thing I would say is allowing yourself to be helped and noticing when you tell yourself, like, I don't deserve to be helped. I should not be able to like receive this help because as I said before, a type of imposter syndrome is that like superhuman, I need to do it all on my own. So I really think it's huge to to start accepting help and realizing that it doesn't mean anything about you and that you are worthy of receiving whether it's abundance or help with your kids. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love it. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I have, thanks for having me. I will go ahead and make sure that everything is linked below. Uh, where can people find you on social media, websites, all that fun stuff? Yeah. So on Instagram, you can go at your coach Jill. And I also host the from imposter to empowered podcast as well. So that's where you can find me. I love it. Jill, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to rate and review the episode or better yet, do me a favor and go ahead and give this a share over on your social media. If you're on Instagram, be sure to share it in your stories and tag me at it's Casey Potts and I'll be sure to send some love right back. Stay tuned for more podcast episodes. You can also find me over on Instagram or on YouTube by searching Casey's Corner with Case. See you real soon.